you'll just have to bear with me here. You'll you'll hear some road rage from time to time as I deal with absolute tards on the roads here in Melbourne. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. I am your host, Ben Parker, back again as we round the corner for the playoffs and joined, as always, by Chris Keane. Hey, mate. Hello, Benjamin. I'll tell you what, it is an attractive-looking lineup this morning. Much is it more ever than normal? Because filling in for oh. our podcast, we have got Maddie Mack on the line. How are you, Woo-hoo. buddy? What's up, dogs? Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Glad Our that pleasure. you have uh, gone out of your way and joined us for the playoff lineup that is the EDL pod this week because Kenny and I don't feature in the playoffs, so we kind of needed someone who uh, <laughs> could talk from experience because we don't know what it's like to be in the playoffs of this league. But yeah, before well, we get into all of that, sorry, mate, go. No. Nah. Cool. Uh <laughs> before we get into all that you can give us a shout out on twitter instagram at edl pod where all of the good stuff is uh posted on a semi-regular basis but let's get started with some news every newsman in this city is laughing at us and i don't like it we're gonna absolutely fly through the news today mainly because we want to get into the matches that are around the corner for this league. And really, there's not a lot of news that affects uh, the teams that are still going on in the league right now. So the only main one that we could kind of grab was Carson Wentz got benched for Jalen Hurts. Doesn't really have an impact on these playoffs or anything like that because kind of affects Keeney and me more than anything else. Um, Any thoughts on that, Matt, while we've got you on? Yeah, topic of hot discussion. Uh, we all obviously know about Carson Wentz with his salary cap challenges down at the Eagles. Um, so lots of thoughts around what's going to do with psyche and what's going to do for the team for the rest of the year. So I'd actually be interested to throw back to you boys because one of you is the owner of Carson Wentz and then the other one happens to own Jalen Hurts. So how are you guys feeling about it all? Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I'm not obviously feeling great about the Wentz uh, decision to grab him in the startup. I mean, I think we are talking about it offline. I ended up trading uh, Camo's first round of this year, which has turned into a nice juicy selection, I think, um, to come up and take Wentz. So that, in hindsight, that's a pretty big error. But also just looking back at um, your trade with Jake, Ben, with Derek Carr in the mix, and I know you got his first rounder, which might be a bit of a later one, but you also received Jalen Hurts back in that trade which um, could now net you a fair bit of value at the end of the year. So you may be out of the playoffs, but still accumulating value as mm. you go. What do you think? How are you feeling? <laughs> no, nah, pretty good. I mean, that was sort of the the whole thing that I discussed with him in that trade was I am giving up a quarterback. I want to get a quarterback back. And it was between him and um, who's the Chargers bloke who got his bloody lung punctured. Ty Rod. Ty to oh. Rod. Yeah, the discussion was around those two. And obviously, I was looking at Tarod uh, having some early season value um, when Herbert eventually took over. So, managed to get the right end of the deal there. But uh, we will talk a little bit about injuries. Matt, if you want to uh, run through 
a bit about the injuries. Well, lots of injuries that are going to have massive implications on uh, the playoff matchups this week. Uh, I think most notably, the reason why Hod's actually not posting today is because <laughs> he's uh, he's had enough. He's thrown the towel in and he's looking forward to next year, so he's hitting the links today. Has so, he uh, ever? <laughs> uh, mate, we might have potentially, and, and we're we're getting ahead of ourselves here, we might have the sookiest matchup of the playoffs between the Punishers and the Humdingers who just seem to think that they're the only people that have players out and they're going to absolutely be fuming when they hear us say this. Well, I, I actually heard that he was going down to Atlanta to give Julio a personal hammy rub because he's just about <laughs> had enough of those hamstrings. My goodness, he was even texting me last week throughout the Atlanta game saying, Oh, you know, it, look, it looks good. Like, I hope this game's over soon because that means Julio got through unscathed and he'll be right for next week in the playoffs. That's what his whole mentality was. And then, lo and behold, out again with hamstring. That guy has been extremely frustrating. Yeah, I think uh, he was, we were talking about it in detail Monday night and he's like, oh, I can't wait for Julio to come back next week. And here he's running five consecutive Hail Mary sprints in the last drive. <laughs> and <laughs> lo and behold, he's out. <laughs> yeah, that probably was uh, just what did it for him. Anyway, we'll move into some league news, Keeney. Why don't you uh, just run off the final seedings that took place? Well, this is the biggest league news of the year, and that is who made the playoffs in year one uh, of the EDL. So we'll run through that quickly. So the number one seed and um, I think unanimous number one seed from a power rankings point of view as well. Timos McMahon, the straight cash homies. Congratulations, mate. Great first year. Um, and equally good first year, I think, was year of the scoot. Scooter coming in at number two, the Bayside Executioners. And then rounding out the top three seeds, the winners of their division, the Humdingers got over the line in the end. Hod, great division, mate. Congratulations on that, on picking that division, even though you didn't select it. Um, seriously. If they if that division, what's that division called again? Is it the Vontae Max? I believe it's the Sunny Weavers. That's no, the Sunny Weavers. Fair dinkum. Lift your game, guys. DFF, come on. Jim, I'm looking at you. It's not right. Anyway, let's move on. The four seed, our very own host of the podcast, Matty Mack, the prestige worldwide, never in doubt. Were you concerned at all? Uh, Thais there at any point? I think you would have had to, <laughs> had to be some sort of catastrophe to, for you to miss. Yeah, I think on reflection, looking at the year, started off uh, on that 5-0 and streak. So kind of felt that playoffs were likely. Uh, had a few losses. Had Tony and Gate, as we saw. <laughs> I think had the, sure. the fancy gods against me for a bit. But um, yeah, played Tim twice. He knocked me off. But I think the team's got a pretty high floor this year, so I don't think I've scored under 100 yet. Um, so I think it's plus 94 heading into this week, unless I scored 50 or something, then I would have been fine. So now nah, looking forward to the playoffs now. You did well, mate. And speaking of the fantasy gods, we've got number five. We've got Jake OJ's legal team grabbing that fifth seed. And this was the big talking point, kind of who was going to jump up and grab the five and six seed and... Papa, he's done it. He needed a big week. We were worried about his QB situation, but he got over the line with Colt McCoy um, and he did enough in week 13 to grab that sixth seed. So well done to all six playoff teams. Looking forward to that one uh, this week, obviously starting. And Ben, do you want to go through kind of the other end of the spectrum here with our 
lottery chances uh, for that coveted pick one selection. Mm, the coveted pick one, which will be the the event after the season is done, and that is uh, the odds of who is going to nab that number one spot. So the DFF, he did lock it up in the end, the 41.4% chance. Only just was very marginal, wasn't it, Keeney? How much was it in the uh, end? I'll tell you what, he actually... Uh, <laughs> I got somewhat excited uh, after the Monday games, because I thought, hold on, he's because what happened was the DFS bench went really well, um, and I, I even did some manual calculations. His his um, his potential max score for that last round was 155. The DFF. So I think if I scored about 90 from a max points point of view, I might have been able to take that number one mantle off him. Uh, but anyway, my team did enough, I suppose. Yeah, way. it came it came down to the last few the last couple of games though, didn't it? It was pretty close. Yeah. Anyway, the, but it was the uh, game. gave you the difference. You're sitting at number two with a twenty five point one percent chance. So just a little bit of a drop off there. The third highest chance is the Park City Lions at twenty point eight percent, because I'm fortunate enough to be holding uh, Camo's pick. Plus, I get a little bit of juice with the uh, fifth highest. Well, the, yeah, the fifth uh, best chance of that number one pick. Then uh, the Sensible Haircuts, they managed to uh, slot in with a 9.2% chance there and Jim rounds it out with a 3.4% chance. So you're telling me there's a chance anyone is technically alive in there. Very unlikely for old Jimmer with a 3% chance of getting that top pick. But um, yeah, might uh, it would be kind of funny if in our very first one, someone managed to jump up from such an unlikely position. What do you think, Matt? I think it's safe to say that the Trevor Lawrence Swiss Banks is down to the two podcast hosts and the most insufferable member of the Empire Dynasty League. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, we. <laughs> Very Who cool. I am a fan. For those playing at home, we just got a live smooch on the air. <laughs> Benjamin, do you want to talk us through how that went? How it went? Yeah. What is this? I don't know. I got a... You got a happy cup to go with your happy smooch. Coffee order because I've run out of coffee this morning. And uh, <laughs> anyway, all good. Let's get this back on track. Let's get it back on track. Let's, uh, let's get into the reviews. What was that? I heard something. Then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And week 13 in the books, the final game of the regular season which launches us into playoffs but uh can you give us a wrap-up of how uh the first game went down yeah and i think we're going to quickly go through kind of all those games that had some sort of uh playoff implication here so we'll start off with the humdingers 113.98 ended up getting beaten by jim by just 0.22 in the end jim city stallions 114.2 but it didn't really matter about the wins and losses in this one. It was more from Jim's point of view, uh, how many points he could put up. Uh, we're actually having a look offline. If, if Hod wasn't in that Sonny Weaver junior division and he ended up somewhere else, we did note that uh, he probably would have snuck in for that sixth seed, but it would have been Papa that uh, ultimately missed out off the back of that. But talking in hypotheticals here, so Hod is in that division. So well done, Todd, for winning it. Goes in as a third seed. But more, I think this review is more about Jim and kind of what he needed to get in. Um, he went into week 13 as the seven seed. So he needed a little bit of help. I think he needed to 
to knock off Papa by three and beat Steve as well. Um, but he ended up falling 23 points short of, of Papa's score. So that knocked him out uh, pretty quickly. He only put up 114, which is his third lowest score of the season and his lowest score since week seven. So the week he needed to uh, put up some score, his team let him down a little bit there. It was a bit of a uncharacteristic week from Derek Henry. He put up just 5.4. Keenan Allen only put up seven, um, kind of despite a pretty good game script and having 11 targets. So that was pretty frustrating. Um, and he got just nothing from Cole Rudolph um, and Slayton from the Giants. Um, and obviously Josh Jacobs, his first round selection in the startup was out, which was another frustrating um, roster construction for week 13 for Jimmer. So that was pretty annoying for him. But I, all in all, I think looking back, pretty great run from Jimmer in the end. He started the season at one and six um, and, and clawed his way back to be right in the mix going into that last week of the season. Um, he had one top scoring week this year. So pocketed a little bit of cash. And he had a nice debut season for mine. So he moves into 2021 with a couple of first rounders. He's got his own and he's got Hod. So he'll be hoping for a Papa victory this week. Um, and he also owns Jake's second round pick. And he has four third round selections too, if you don't mind. So he's got a bevy of selections going into the rookie draft um, that will be held in a, obviously at the end of the season. So onwards and upwards for the, the Gym City Stallions. Dias, do you want to go into the next game? Certainly. I, uh, I'm reviewing the Prestige Worldwide and Papa's Punishes, and I've provided some feedback to the podcast hosts. They should stop reviewing their own games and here I am reviewing <laughs> my own game from last week. Nice. But, uh, the Prestige Worldwide, uh, with a, correct me if I'm wrong, gents, but a season-high score, of 187.14. A, a, a league high all-time score, if you don't mind. Don't mind if I do. I'm sitting here with my chest puffed out and feeling good. Versus the Pappas Punishers, 140.30. So the key takeout from this matchup, I think, was that it was a dead rubber, um, that we were both really just playing for points. It didn't matter if she beat me or if I beat him. But nonetheless, I, was, I always take the light out of beating the punishers. <laughs> um, I really only needed about 100 or so to lock away the four seeds. So I just kind of set the high floor lineup and lo and behold, high score of the season. So there you go. Uh, woke up and saw Darren Waller and Corey Davis just uh, putting up career high days in the early slate. Uh, so I was looking off that 200 pretty early. The only problem was I was playing Darren Waller. To get into the playoffs in another league, so I kind of wanted him to stop scoring, given that it wasn't going to have an outcome on this one. Uh, pretty frustrating for Papa too, given that uh, he's inevitably going to have to owe me a slab of his Mountain Goat sponsor as a result of Corey Davis just uh, having another solid week, while John is just sitting there watching on the sidelines. I was projected for 200 until Antonio Gibson got hurt, so I had Antonio Gibson and Josh. Allen in the late games and I kind of kissed goodbye to that which is disappointing because I don't think we've had a 200 score this year so we'll have to wait until either the fantasy playoffs or next year for that one to happen. Uh, with Papa's team I think it was where more of the attention was with the rundown to the six seed with Manny and Jim. Uh, he had a nice week with the two Joneses, Chris Carson and Travis Kelsey. I think uh, we were all a bit worried about his team only starting Colt McCoy at quarterback. 
got a massive eight points from him, um, but he still managed to put up a high score of 140. Uh, he got in by 23 points over Jim in the end, and I think it was really that uh, Travis Kelsey versus Melbourne Gordon matchup that they had. Uh, Melbourne Gordon's had a really good first half, and I know Packer was very worried. He said, quote, unquote, I'm not getting any work done because I'm nervous. So when Travis <laughs> Kelsey brought that touchdown, he got his leg in the Panthers club, and he also kind of put Jim's playoff run to bed. But it didn't stop him with Manny because uh, before the Steelers game, he called me and he said, Thais, how do I put a bet on Deontay Johnson over 45 fantasy points? So clearly all the talk of uh, Thais putting his own bets on during the season is rubbing off on other podcast listeners. Um, and he started off early, but then he got a case of the drops. So um, congratulations to the punishers. And uh, a congratulations to the Prestige Worldwide and potentially we may meet again. Wowee. Wowee. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have, uh, we have nothing but feedback from the listeners when we jump on and do the pod. And you guys stop reviewing your games. All you do is talk about your own team. Matt comes on and gets bitten by the bug, reviews his own team, drops a line in there saying, I didn't really care about points. I set a low floor, just happened to get the high score of the season, chest puffed out. Even threw in a line there that said, I wish to Darren Waller stopped scoring. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> That is the most head wobble comment I've ever heard in my life. But right. welcome to the club, mate. Look how easy it is to just talk about your team. So easy. I know, Hod, I know Hod's not here, but geez, he's taken some inspiration from the great man when going through his own lineup <laughs> <laughs> no Real. i got what feedback about... from hod that all i do is talk about my team so that's why i've got the next game which is the bayside executioners who defeated the johnny unitas haircuts and uh this one like most of the games of last round was all about points rather than actual winning um so Scoot had the buy locked up. He needed to outscore Tim by 60, I think it was, to grab the number one seed. Uh, did outscore him, but only by 13, so it wasn't enough to get it done. Scoot didn't need to score, but he still, like Papa, put up 140 points, uh, just comfortably got it done there and sort of was the story for um, pretty much majority of the teams that were fighting for that five and six seed. Uh, a lot of them just disappointed and, and Manny was no exception, putting up only 108.92, which was one of his lower scores for the season. Um, yeah, he needed to just outscore Jim and Papa, basically, and he didn't do that for either of those two teams. So he really, uh, he would have been pretty disappointed with how this week went down for him. So Gore got a concussion, I think, in the first drive, only put up a point two. Um, the special Kirk effect that Manny got when he traded him in, he only put up a 0.7. Um, when he needed some form from Mr. Unlimited himself uh, to carry him into the playoffs, he, he clearly got just more Mr. Limited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do oh. like how you just you went from Mr. Unlimited to Mr. Limited. Yeah. That's about what you got. That was his third lowest score for the season, um, oh, Russell no. Wilson. He's put up a nine was his worst and then a 14 and 15 and the rest have all been like in the 20s or 30s. So the week that he needed him to get it done, um, just couldn't get it done. And 
And looking through Manny's bench, the only real sort of scores that he could have grabbed, there, was, there wasn't much going on. He had a 13.2 out of Greg Ward and a 6.8 from Will Disley. So that wouldn't have got it done either. So it's, uh, it is actually an interesting exercise to go through and just look at people's benches in the last round of the season to just see. We thought at the start of the year with the benches as, as many spots as there were that, um, yeah, that we would never really struggle to put out a lineup. But, Jesus, it's pretty slim pickings for most teams at the moment going into this final round. So, anyway, Manny heads into the 2021 season with his first rounder, um, pick 25, which is the DFF third rounder and pick 40, which is his own fourth round. So that's what he's got on the horizon for him as he sets his sights on 2021. So Thayer, since I won't talk about my team, I've put that in your hands today. Why don't you run through me and Jake's game? Yeah, I didn't give this game much thought at all because I was so busy previewing my own one. But uh, nonetheless, (laughs) here we are. We've got the OJ's legal team, 147.18, defeating your Park City Lions, Benny, 124.24. I think the key takeouts from this game is that Jake had a 27-point lead for the sixth seed over Manny um, heading in. Uh, And he got off to a really strong start with that really high-scoring Cleveland game uh, with Jarvis Landry and then Derek Carr having that Darren Waller connection going and, and getting that late touchdown to Henry Ruggs um, really helped his cause. I think in Jake's lineup, he only had his lowest scorer was nine and he had three of them. So basically he had three nines and everyone else was in the double digits. So in the early slate, he was projected from 140 early on and as soon as that scoring dried when the late game started, he needed two of Jim Manny or Ben to score 160 or more with that lead so he could kind of rest easy and focus on his matchup with the prestige worldwide. Uh, Thoughts for you, Benny, because I woke up and I saw uh, the Cleveland box score. I was like, oh, Benny's got Baker Mayfield. This six is going to be interesting in there. I saw him sitting on the pine, mate. So uh, thoughts on that one before I continue? Uh, It, I mean, it was realistically never going to happen because I was waking up to see what the COVID news was on Lamar because he had the late, late game. Um, and he still technically wasn't out of the protocol. So I was shooting for upside. I thought I was going to get more upside with Lamar against Dallas. Um, so it was never a realistic option that I was ever going to bench Herbert, and that, in reality, would have helped a little bit. Um, but no one ever expected Herbert to shit the bed like he did with a four. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> Keeney? I was going to say, if it's, if it's any consolation, you still wouldn't have got in. So Yeah, cheers. Much, mate. <laughs> That's true. And I think um, it may have been different if you were up 27, Ben, and you were worried about the Herbert matchup with Bill Belichick and rookie quarterbacks, but you were chasing and Justin Herbert's put up massive scores this year and he's done it really solid. So no issues there. I won't have a whinge about me playing Justin Herbert in our two-minute fillers league and oh, possibly leads to Presti. <laughs> Glad you didn't bring that up. No, no, no. No, but I did. <laughs> Um, So not only did Benny Cobb, Justin Herbert score over four, but going through Ben's lineup, he had um, a combined three points from Jerry Judy and Benny Snell. And with James Conner out, Benny Snell seemed to have a positive game script. And then Jerry Judy, um, you know, Drew Locke back in the lineup, potentially chasing points against the Chiefs. So when you're carrying those low scores, unexpected scores, and you're aiming for a 160, 
Uh, that's kind of all she wrote. But well, boy, did, that, uh, did Benny Snell live up to his namesake? That sucked. He had the keys to, that, keys to that offense and he just sucked. So, no, it was good. Snelly performance. It's so snelly. <laughs> Uh, so what I will say about your team, Benny, on reflection is that you head into 2021 with seven picks inside of the first two rounds next year. And you also happen to own the pick of the Prestige Worldwide. So no doubt you'll be rooting for me to lose. And so up that seven seed, if possible. So um, thoughts on your draft next year, just quickly. Um, yeah, I better start doing some research. If I've got that many picks, I probably don't want to stuff that up. Uh, yeah, no. I Obviously, to make your pick the most valuable for me, I will be rooting for Papa to knock off Hod this week and you to lose your matchup. Just going to say, if you needed uh, any thoughts and insights into the draft, uh, have a chat to the DFF because I know he's been studying the draft for a long time. He's even shown me the list of players that are on his draft list and there's one player on it and it's Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I was just looking at your team, Ben. It's it's interesting to note um, how many picks you've got, which is a good thing. I think you've got eight in total. You've got those um, seven inside two rounds and one fourth rounder as well. But just you've got a fully loaded IR, uh, IR uh, positions at the moment. Your taxi squad's fully loaded. So you're going to have to drop eight players if you are to pick up these eight players, which I always find an interesting dynamic um, kind of when you go into this and kind of, whether teams are more likely to kind of move assets around or they're happy to kind of let some, let some um, more established players go to, to take that risk on, on some rookies coming through. Yeah. And, I mean, part of, the, part of the drafting in that back end of our startup draft was picking up those sort of players who probably only have one or two years left in their career anyway for that very reason because you're going to get draft picks in every year. Um, but as you sort of pointed out the other week, we do have until basically kickoff of week one to get our, our list finalised. So we can actually carry overs even after the draft. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested in how that off-season goes. I reckon there'll be plenty of trading, plenty of picks and players moved around, just people shaping their lineups, getting ready for what they anticipate the year to be. Matt? Yeah, and I think uh, off the back of that, the herd it through the grapevine segment is going to be lit this off-season. <laughs> It'll uh, be juicy. <laughs> In your treasure chest. So um, <laughs> looking forward to the off-season. Oh, are we ever. But speaking of the off-season, this game really didn't carry much weight in, uh, in regards to playoff implications. There were two teams who were of the three teams who basically had no stake in making the playoffs. But the DFF, putting up 125.46, defeated the San Diego Demons for the second time who scored under 100 and my goodness there's there's a bit to get through here and the reason why I think it links into the off season is because if you thought uh if you thought it that Steph was a bit over the top during the season just wait until there's nothing on the line and all he has to talk about is his upcoming draft he will be relentless in that chat but we have got exclusive footage um to play here of the DFF after their clean sweep of the San Diego Demons, here it is. This is the DFF theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Good old DFF forever. 
they know how to play the game. So I bought a sorry stick together to a boiler factory See, the barricades are shouting, as all barricades should. All the Super Bowls are capable for the good old DFF. Yes, there is uh, exclusive oh, footage of the amazing. DFF, and actually, I've got another sound. I've got another bit of footage here, which was the. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Steph has employed a coach um, to help. He, when he was when he was winless for the season, he thought he looked outwards from the organisation, thought he'd get in some um, some collective minds to help him get some wins, just so he didn't. Uh, go the whole season without a win. And this was uh, some sound advice that he got before this matchup from his coach. Sweep the leg. That was it. Sweep the leg. He, he wanted to really just sweep the legs ah. out from the San Diego Demons. And did he sweep him all over the place? I've got the new theme song for the DFF, which is... <laughs> I just happened to Google sweeping and I got a song by Bobby Broom called clean sweep <laughs> i'm just going to play this in the background as we review this game because it's, wow, nice it's a real background porno tune. vibe oh yeah old bobby broom he knows how to he knows <laughs> how to clean sweep so dff loves getting the broom out and giving it a clean sweep dff is just going to listen to this all off season you might even play it the next time these two match up again what do you reckon matt i was going to say does anyone else have an erection or is it just me <laughs> <laughs> must be those blue pills um <laughs> Can we just reflect on on Camo's year? He's gone four and nine. He's lost to the DFF twice. The only team not to knock him off, and he doesn't hold his first round pick for the next two years. I might need to call him just to get some commitment <laughs> and make sure he's part of the league in a couple of years. Well, I think it's worthwhile. Um, I mean, as much ribbing as the DFF has copped, he's still a chance to get that number one pick. So, and he has swept those demons. So. Interesting season for the Demons. We'll go into a bit of a post-season review in another pod, but uh, we just thought we'd mention it because Steph clearly, uh, he hasn't got a lot of, well, he's had a lot of airtime, but he hasn't had a lot of positive airtime, so we thought we'd uh, we'd give him his dues here with a bit of Bobby Broom clean sweep. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous doing, song I've ever heard. This could, it's got another four minutes if we wanted. Uh, <laughs> but we don't because... With all that being said and done, we've reviewed it now. We are on to the playoffs. And with the playoffs on the cusp, we have a new playoff drop. What's that? Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win again, win again, win again. Jeepers. And that one was pretty much inspired by old Timos who holds the number one seed there. He loves a bit of uh, EDM, loves a bit of uh, trance music. <laughs> doesn't, I, doesn't like trance. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, him and Scoot sit there with the week off. They get to just sit back and watch what is going on around the league and get to get their teams in shape for a serious push at this playoff run here. And uh the first matchup that we've got is our very own guest host, the Prestige Worldwide. 
Prestige Worldwide. Why? Why? Prestige Worldwide. Management. Financial portfolios. Insurance. Computers. Black leather gloves. Investors? Possibly you. And they are taking on the OJ's legal team. It's still OJ Simpson. It's no disguise. It's no disguise. It makes no sense. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And boy, are these two teams pumped up. They've got their sound grabs because they are one of the four teams to be playing in the playoffs this week. Just a really quick um, update on some injuries here. The Prestige Worldwide, they have got Antonio Gibson officially out with that toe injury, so that's going to hurt. He's had a very, very nice season for you. What round did you pick him up in, Thais, in that startup? 13th from memory. 13th. What a great pickup he was. And how many – he's had a – no, he didn't quite get the rookie record for touchdowns in the end, did he? But he was definitely pushing it. Yeah, he's had 10. Very nice pickup for where you got him. Um, You've already had a player uh, put up a score. And unfortunately for you, Mm -hmm. the game script didn't work for Jared Goff. They won comfortably. He only put up a 14.58. And that's because – They pretty much had a field day over the Pats in their running game. So they didn't need to even look really to Goff to throw the ball an awful lot. So unfortunate there that that game script didn't work out for you. But I mean, looking through, there's not a lot of teams that can roll out two QBs. So even to get a 14 and a half in a super flex spot, it's not the worst result. Um, Just looking through your lineup so far, you've got a triple tight end setup going on there with Waller. Andrews and Tonyan sitting there in your flex spots there. But you've also got Evan Engram sitting on your bench, potentially to be flexed in if Daniel Jones, I guess, gets named officially as the starter. It's looking like he is going to be on track to play. So some interesting choices there. Another interesting choice you've got, Thais, is uh, Miles Sanders is sitting on your bench, which I don't think when you picked him up in the second round of the startup that uh, you would be anticipating benching him uh, without any injuries or anything of the like. So, um, yeah, my question, I suppose, is does the QB change the run-pass option help Miles Sanders this week, albeit against the number one rush defense? What do you reckon, Thais? Uh, I certainly hope it does. Uh, but having a look at Miles Sanders the last couple of weeks, uh, the Eagles are regressing on offense, it seems. They're going through the quarterback change, but... Uh, for those close enough to it that the Eagles are missing kind of three starting offensive linemen uh, so they're unable to kind of get their run game going um, to get in Boston Scott involved kind of trying to pass out of their problems early uh, and coming up against the Saints with a very strong defence they've got the number one rush defence in the league at the moment um, I'll probably just be gauging how the matchup goes and you know if I'm chasing points I might put him in but if I'm feeling pretty comfortable I might let him sit on the pine because I don't want him to be the reason uh, that I don't get through the next round and at this point in time I'm not leaning towards playing him. Fair enough I suppose if he was in the later games and you knew a bit more of what this game would be looking like maybe you'd be looking at shooting for upside with him but you're right it's probably a bit of a risk to roll him out in that eight o'clock game that he's starting in. Uh, a likely midnight tinker here, I reckon. Many different options for you to roll through in these flex spots. And you're certainly not one to just sort of set and forget. You're, you're a bit of an overthinker at the best of times. So I reckon that uh, you might be up very late into the early hours of this morning, just getting that lineup perfected. What do you reckon? 
Well, as we all know, I do my best work after midnight, and that now includes tinkering. <laughs> is that what you call it these days, is it? <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I suppose while we have got you on, can you reveal anything to the listeners of what decisions you will be leaning to, or are you keeping those a little bit close to your chest so old Jakey boy doesn't uh, get in early and try and counter it? Well, that's right. When it's time to play the guessing game, um, so now I won't be uh, revealing any of my secrets, or will I? Oh, keep them guessing. All right. Well, why don't you review the OJ's legal team? <laughs> sure. All right. So I will try and keep this as professional as possible. But obviously, Jake and I have some beef going back to early in the year, and the fantasy gods have returned again for young Jacob. Antonio Gibson was a top five running back uh, year to date, and he's now out. And then, of course, he's got McKissick, or as I call him, McDissick, stepping in. So classic fantasy gods, head-to-head matchup, Gibson out, McDissick in. So Jake, again. Uh, last time I played this deck, I was up 50-odd points, if we remember that Sunday night game with the Seahawks and the Cardinals, and I pretty much knocked him off. And it only took a career night from Tyler Lockett, 200 yards and three touchdowns, dropping a 45-burger on me. DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. So I ended up losing by about 20 or 30, so it didn't matter. But, but who's counting? Fantasy gods. So no doubt again against the Jets this week, I'll be running to sports bet to put some kind of crazy multi on for Tyler Lockett to go nuts. I may have peaked too early last week with 188 points. Had massive days from Darren Waller and Corey Davis and Co. Um, and there's always just that feeling of have I peaked one week too soon? So I'm really hoping that um, I don't drop like a sub hundred score this week. I'm pretty disappointed about that. But I would have loved Corey Davis's score to have gone through in a playoff matchup. So then I could have told Jake I will have fun starting Corey Davis. Thank you. Ooh, it's it's good to know that you and Jake clearly don't hang on words that have been said months and months ago because i think both of you have brought up past conversations but that'd be some nice validation if Corey davis does put up a big one against him katie and it's also good to see that um whilst we're going thoroughly through uh jake's team we've really quickly got it back onto the thais's <laughs> side and okay. it's just all about thais and all about Corey davis and all about I scored 188 last week and i don't think that i will score that much very good point. i hope that i score more I've heard oh, more. I didn't realise that Jake had Darren Waller and Corey Davis. Oh, no. What are we talking about Darren Waller for? I'm just having a look around. Is Jake on the podcast? No, he's not. I oh. am. Right, the power goes to your head. It really does. Very no, good. Enough about me. Oh, mate, the next line is Josh Allen. What do you mean, <laughs> not enough about you? <laughs> Will you guys ask me to give an assessment of the matchup? And the next line is that Josh Allen versus Big Ben. Could be an interesting matchup if he so chooses to play him. Uh, it's a head-to-head game, so I'll be watching that game very keenly. And having a look at Jake's team as well, um, we know that Zeke is questionable, but um, as the Tony Pollard owner in Two Minute Drillers, I've been waiting for 13 weeks for Zeke to not play, so I expect the fancy guys to continue for Jake. Oh, this is incredible. <laughs> the last point, I haven't scored under 100. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one was a bit of a, oh my <laughs> God. a bit of a, a warning sound to fire off for Jake that I haven't scored under 100 this year. I'm usually good for 130 to 140. I'm a high 
floor team. He's going to need to put up points to beat me. So Tyler Lockett will probably deliver on most of those with him and JD McDissick. Oh, well, I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, goodness. I know. Well, we're, we're talking about this is, now that I look at it, this is the absolute fantasy god matchup. Both of these teams absolutely worship the fantasy gods and on the negative side of things, always thinking worst case scenario, glass half empty. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Seriously. One of them is going to be validated though. That's the, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, and they'll hey, keep going with it. You did forget to mention, Thais, the old questionable status for uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Jake there. He's got a neck uh, play and, go and a back, his pussy and his crack. <laughs> Listen to it. Uh, and old, and Zeke with a calf injury, so uh, he's on he's on the questionable tag too. So be interesting. Yeah, he's got a tough matchup with the Bengals this week, Elliot. Mm. Well, so, enough uh, enough about you playing you. Uh, let's move mm. on to these two Muppets, <laughs> and we're joined with uh, the juiciest matchup I reckon of the playoffs here, which is the Pappas Punishers. This is not vengeance. Revenge is not a valid motive. It's an emotional response. No, not vengeance. Punishment. Taking on the humdingers. And baby, baby, and do it over again. That was a real humdinger. That was a real humdinger. That was a real humdinger because I felt it in my door. Oh goodness, we uh, we're lucky wow, enough to be joined. We're lucky enough to be joined by these two members who are currently in the car right now, driving off to the golf course uh, for a big day ahead. They're they're, they're going to be out playing golf all day, but we're fortunate enough to get these two combatants in the same car, chatting about their lineups. How are you, boys? Very good. We are driving down the highway and that intro for the dingers is exactly the tunes that I listen to as I drive along. So I am bopping away. How are you, boys? Very good. Going well. Yeah, there boys. might be some pap up. How are we? I just, I just didn't think I'd make the finals after all the crap that was discussed last week. Ooh. I was down and out. No one gave me a heartbeat with uh, Colt McCoy in the lineup, but... Uh, that's what the punishers do. Well, I'd say everyone was just looking at your, your squad and that's why they didn't think you made the playoffs. Um, but won't there be some um, absolute mind games on the golf course today? Just a uh, little 12-footer on the green and you're going to start T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there'll be a few curveballs, a couple of Murali Lee Durans. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a Options are plenty at the punishers. Options yeah, are plenty. Well, I don't know if you can see on your screen at the moment, Papa, but we've updated the soundboard. You've actually got a whole board of sound grabs just dedicated to you. I don't know if you can see that, but I've broken them all up so I can organize it a little bit better. So, you know, which one do you want? Do you want the curveball? Uh, do you want the donkey? Do you want the unanimous in conclusion? I mean, there's, there's just an array of sound grabs, but I won't bother using them because we've actually got you on the pod. Uh, you've already basically... You fired the first shots. You you feel like it's it's us against or you against the world uh, with your team. So give us your insights, mate, to how are you going to take down those real humdingers? Well, boys, I ticked one thing off the list, got to the playoffs. That's all I needed to do. 
now I'll just clean them up. I'll start with Brody this week, then I'll take Scoot out, then I'll take the number one seed, Tim Austin. So, um, I'll take it one week at a time, though. Oh, it doesn't uh, sound like it. That we'll sounds very much um, like you thought ahead. He's, uh, he's already been complaining on the way up here about uh, losing McCaffrey, losing Julio, so uh, forgets that I've got all my injuries still, but... Uh, I have not said a word about this. This is just usual fabrication, Papagiris, at his best. Well, isn't he, um, isn't he playing the nobody believes in us punishes type of card real early on in the piece? It's uh, he's he's playing that underdog role very nicely, I think, and uh, it'll be a great shock to all of us if he wins, according to Papa. So I like where you're going with that one, mate. If I win and I get breezes back next week, boys, watch out. Oh, it's just flipped. <laughs> So, can, can we just get a clarification? Did he even answer the question or did he just go on a little tirade? No, he went on a little tirade. I don't think he uh, he did a classic answer without actually saying anything, but that's okay because, uh, mate, it's we don't know how to brand this game other than it's just it's the two injury-riddled teams because both you blokes have been uh, quite upset with the injuries that you've copped all season, so... You know, as as you just mentioned, mate, Breeze is out for the punishers and so is Foles at the moment. So you've got to roll just Brady as your quarterback. How are you feeling, mate? Is that uh, a welcome addition after rolling out just Colt McCoy last week? Yeah, big Brady. He'll, uh, he'll show those names. He's got plenty more football left in him. Um, he'll have a big score this week out in front. We only need him for another three weeks. The rest of his career, you uh, don't care too much about if he can carry you for the next three weeks. Uh, Aaron Jones against the Lions has got a juicy matchup. So does Chris Carson against the Jets. I think both those games will be in pretty positive play script for you there, Papa. And, uh, you know, you can complain about injuries all you want, but Kenny Golladay just pulling the heartstring and, and not suiting up for pretty much the entirety of this season has been a nice little boost for old Marvin Jones. Been out since week eight there, uh, Kenny Golladay. So it's been a nice one to boost up your points to get you into that sixth seed. And then DJ Chark uh, getting some nice form return with old goose neck Mike Glennon throwing him the ball. Uh, give us some thoughts there, Pat. Chucky's been disappointing. He had a shocker last week. He had two catches off seven targets. So I reckon bring back Lutz, who throws bombs. Vladimir Luton. Gluten free. <laughs> Lutz. <laughs> oh, what a nickname. Uh, well, let's move uh, on to the... Oh, sorry, go. Yeah, no, nah, it's next man up. One out, one in. That's how we've been all year. One guy goes down, the next person comes in, steps up. I might be running out of people to step up, though. I'll tell you what. He's, and he's saying all that. the right things. Very political here. I'll give I you some just real about, stuff when you get to me. Shut up, honey. I was just about to comment. It's, it's very, very uh, straight back kind of... Uh, yeah. Very a lot of cliches getting rolled out. But I can tell the listeners at home, there is no love lost between these two. It is. Uh, they may be going off to play a nice little round of golf down at Moona Links, but uh, I'll tell you what, they really want to get the win this week. Let's go over to the humdinger side of Hold things. Hold on, before we do... We interrupt this program for an important news announcement. Whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, it's just come to my attention, Papa, that you might want to get your lineup sorted as you've got old Justin Jackson sitting in your IR spot who's been activated. Are you just rolling out an invalid lineup as we speak, mate? Strip him. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy. What is going on? I mean, it's not going to hurt because you can just swap Drew Brees into that IR spot. <laughs> it made for a juicy little players. news grab. About four players can go in there. David Johnson with COVID. Is, uh, yeah, we're still injured down there. I, I know Papa is the first to jump up and down when there's any infractions in the league. So strip him. Disqualify yeah. him from the week. Mate, that's get it sorted scared, now while you're on the comment. line. That's a scared comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough All right, about Papa. Let's move to the dingers. Yeah, let's go to the dingers here and, and just looking through their injury uh, activity here from their players. It's been a bit unlucky, Hod, and you've, you've copped it a little bit. We've got Drake here who's questionable with a hip injury. Uncertain of whether he's going to play. Probably more likely than not, I would think. But Christian McCaffrey's a big one, isn't it? I mean, the shoulder, the thigh, the heartstring, you name it. He's pulled them all this year. Um, and he's very doubtful to play this week, which is a killer. And an and old verticals Julio Jones, Hod, he's, he's run his five <laughs> verticals at the end of the Saints game. And lo and behold, here he is on the little string. I'm not sure if you're going to the golf course or going straight to Atlanta to give him a rub down. <laughs> but anyways, you, you, talk us you'll through just, it. You'll just have to bear with me here. You'll, you'll hear some road rage from time to time as I deal with absolute hard on the roads here in Melbourne. But uh, unlike Papa's weekly press conference, I'll give you what I'm really thinking. And Julio, out. He's done for the year. He's done from the dingers. He's on the block. Drop him. Drop him. I'm dropping him. Someone can pick him up. Christian McCaffrey, there's another tosser. Just get hard, mate. Get some concrete in ya. And give me something. Unbelievable <laughs> scenes. I was speaking Sorry. to you, Kenny, on Monday, and <laughs> my team was just peaking for the first time since week two. I would have had a healthy lineup. My projection was through the roof at 149. I'm feeling good. And then day by day, I wake up, here come the notifications. And sure enough, a new injury pops up for C-Mac. So, but... Like Papa says, it's next man up. I don't know who I'm going to grab. I've got no idea, but we'll string something together. Well, I'll tell you what, the listeners have got a real-life grapevine segment here in the car with Hod. So if you're interested in Julio Jones going into the 2021 season, (laughs) sounds like he might be on the block for Jim Hansen fourth rounder. Available. Available. There you go. Some great insight here live on the podcast, but uh, just quickly going through this week's lineup from Hod's point of view, he did dodge a bullet with uh, the great Cam Newton only putting up 4.36 against those Rams on Friday. So good decision there not to start him. And wowee, when we look at decisions in terms of who to start at the QB position, in trots Alex Smith for the punishers this week. And we know it's a big revenge game. The and punishes. no, it's not because... The dingers. Uh, sorry for the dingers. Sorry, sorry everybody. The dingers here, Alex Smith. And we know it's a massive revenge game. And it's not because he used to play for the 49ers who they're coming up against. It's because he's playing against the punishers who just felt like they could drop him and he wasn't needed in their organisation. So I reckon it's a great psychological move here from Hod to get Alex Smith in the lineup. What are your thoughts? Talk us through how you went about it. Well, I will do that. I'll give you the play-by-play. And I'm sitting next to the man who loves a tick next to his name. And that's the first tick of the week for the Dingers. 
is not to play Cam was always going to be tough sledding against the Rams. And there is a lot of psychological advantage here playing Alex Smith against the former team in the Punishers. He was not required down there at the Punishers and you just picked up my second. He's very required because two days after the signing, you were crying again with Mariota on your bench doing absolutely squat when Alex Smith is rolling around starting for a team while Breeze is out. So that's the first tick of the week, ladies and gentlemen. And it was interesting before Papa said Brady will score well when they're up. I don't think that suits the game script for the Punishers because that's where Rojo will come home strong if if they're up on the Vikings. He's got Arian saying he needs 20 touches a game. Look out, boys. He might stroll into the number one RB this week. The, the no, dingers. He's, he's talking himself into it very, very nicely. But I'll tell you what, one thing we haven't discussed yet is probably the the most polarizing player in all of fantasy. And that player belongs on the Pappas Punishers. And that decision will revolve around whether or whether or not he will start T.Y. Hilton this week. And I can tell you, whatever he does, Hod's going to cop an early morning text about it, <laughs> about Phil Rivers being too old and T.Y. giving nothing. I can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, Papa, now you've currently got him in that super flex position. Can you reveal to the listeners if he's going to start or if you're going to do a little tinker and then tell the world about how good your tinker was? Jesus, we know know one thing. If I start him, he goose eggs. If I don't start him, he's going for two touchdowns and 130 yards. Simples. I could tell you right now, I'll give you the live update. Papa's in some nice tight white golf shorts. And there's a little bit of brown in between the legs there. He's nervous. <laughs> oh, the tiny whities. <laughs> oh, talk about uh, T.Y. He will be playing. I can announce it here on the pod. T.Y. against the Raiders. Might even put a little multi on first touchdown scorer by the old T.Y. Oh, oh. Doubling down. Yep. Love <laughs> it. I love it because the only games he has scored double digits are the games that you haven't played him. Uh, and every other game, he has gone single digits. So you're pretty much guaranteeing him to to goose it against the Raiders there. Well, so, the, well the not safe for work update on TY is the text that I'll get usually revolves the offensive linemen and something about their misses and TY doing certain things. That's that's where the text comes from. That's where his thoughts are. Not certain things. Straight up missionary. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get this back on track, boys. Jesus. Uh, Look, probably the biggest NFL game that will be of interest to you boys is the uh, Buccaneers against the Vikings, where, Papa, you've got Tompa and Antonio Brown rolling out there and Hod, you're rolling out old Thielen and Godwin and Rojo in that lineup. So plenty of points to be had in that game there. So uh, when is that game just out of interest? Is it the The early early day? It is. It's the 5 a.m. So that could really set the scene for um, if any tinkers are going to happen between these two lineups here. Be a fascinating game, boys. I'm, uh, believe it or not, Papa, I'm actually rooting for you to win. Um, Mainly because it uh, helps my, my pick. Uh, status with Thais's first round pick. So, yeah. There it is. I, I, we haven't listened, obviously, we're not live on this pod, but 
we, I'm sure Benny's talked about his team for 40 of the 60 minutes, and there it is. Sure enough, he's got got back into it. No, believe it or not. talks about the, the Benny the Bunnies. What are those Believe lines? it or not, mate, you, you'll hear it a bit later, but our old ring-in, Thais, uh, he's just taken the mantle of talking about his oh, own team. He? He's taken it to another <laughs> level. But you'll have to wait and hear about that. Um, nice. You might be able to listen to it after your round of golf. Should be up in we time. We will be, absolutely. All right. Any last thoughts, Keeney, before we get these Muppets off the air? Nah, thanks for joining us, boys. It's, uh, I'm, re- I'm actually looking forward to this game uh, more than uh, more than more than you probably realise. Actually, I can't wait for this one to go down, regardless of which way it goes. Uh, it's going to be good. And thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast, boys. Good luck to both of you. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, thanks for having it. Uh, and we're just we're a flexible operation here. This podcast. It doesn't matter where where we are or what we're doing. We will get this to the audience. So I'm about to crash. All right. See you, boys. Sign out, would you, Hod? Give us a yeah, sign out. give us a sign out. Podcast with the dingers getting up, over and out. <laughs> see you, uh, boys. See you, Kenny. See you, Sammy McClure. See, <laughs> <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> and there we go. Another one in the books, boys. We, uh, we round the corner of playoffs with some interesting matchups there. Some keen eyes observing. One of those keen eyes was our special guest speaker, Matty Mack. How did you enjoy being on the pod, buddy? I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I had a nice run, but he's uh, been replaced now. So I'll enjoy my time on the throne while it lasts. Didn't the listeners learn all about the prestige worldwide in this podcast? I mean, just a lot of information going their way. But no, it was good to have you on, Thais. I thought you were very informative. Um, had some nice opinions there and really covered off from Hod. It didn't really miss a beat there for mine. But uh, we'll see. You might just take the mantle here from, from here on out. Well, well if, uh, there's any, if, if you're going to take the mantle, you've got to finish on this note. So I'll throw it to you, Matty, to, to close it out. No worries at all. Well, if I win, I'll be on next week. And if I lose, I'll definitely be on next week. So good luck, Jake. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. Any sign-off? Oh, yes. Do you want to sign-off? Over or? and out. Over and out. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> uh, very good. Oh, I never listened to the end. So there you go. Don't you? He says podcast over and sign out. Off. He says podcast over and out every single time. I didn't listen to the end. That's the least important bit.